0: LaFondra looking to get alongside a foot, LaFondra away from Davis 3-1 Reading, 3 points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast for the Portfell vale match. I mean, you would think a match coming up on Saturday would be the biggest news, you would think that would be perfectly normal for any football club, but no, this is Reading Football Club and we've managed to find a way of upstaging the match by completely contradicting what we've put out in a meeting the sell Before We Die had with them only a few weeks before Christmas. It's just incredible. But to go into more detail about this, I've been joined by James Earnshaw. How are you doing from the Ren Chronicle?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. But a bit of a busy afternoon. Thanks to yourselves and sell Before We Die and whoever else. But, you know, <clears throat> good to be busy.
0: Uh, it's good to be busy, James, but is it good to be busy in this kind of way with Reading FC? It really isn't, is it? No.
1: No, I'd rather have had a quieter afternoon, but, you know, these things are, are big and, yeah, you guys have... Uh, I should start calling you guys Hark and if this all turns out to be true, because you've got the biggest scoop of the season. Uh,
0: well, I give that to sell before we die. I give it to them. They're, those are the ones you have got the scoops. So, yeah, big up to the scoopies. And um, what I've got to say is... Let's go into more detail about what happened in the notes. In the notes, the main key points were that actually Dayong Pang sat there and basically laid his, laid his ass off and said, oh, yeah, we're not going to send any players. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. Well, there's lots of allegations coming from inside the club, isn't there, that have been released by So before we died today, James. And they're not quite in line with what he's been saying. In fact, they're a million miles away from that, aren't they?
1: no no not quite in line i mean i must admit the the notes are in line with what i've always been told um both you know sort of on record and off record i've always been uh, led to believe that the club won't be making any sales um unless the deal is is good you know and it's too good an offer to turn down obviously self or we die i've had other information and um you know i'll continue to follow up and, and do what i can to to get to the bottom of it um but there's someone in the club who seems to think that they um you know, know, know what's going on and, uh, you know, there's not many that do. So, um, if they are, you know, truthful and, and, and they are, uh, you know, being told that to told the right things and it could be a worrying time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously the, the most worrying statement as, as bad as selling players in January would be is actually the fact that Di Young has no interest in selling the club. Basically he just wants to asset strip it because, he needs to tell her for debt. And these are all allegations. I must add, this hasn't actually happened. Don't suddenly try and refresh your Twitter and find out we've actually been liquidated because that hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> don't worry about that. But James, I mean, as much as we sit here and we're like slightly surprised by this, are we actually shocked if any of this really happened? Because you know, the way it's been going, the history of Dai Young is previous two clubs there's nothing there that says to you wow this is a surprise but you know i just find it so it's just depressing seeing it all come out so slowly and the the arduous task of supporting reading fc just gets worse every single week doesn't it
1: yeah it's going it's actually going exactly the same way that he's gone in the past so you can't say he's not consistent the very at the very least um yeah, the sale is, is has you know obviously stalled um, with, with Ginevra and I believe they've walked away now. So um, we're further away in terms of a takeover than we were two months ago, um, which is a, a difficult thing to take, a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, you know, We're now at a stage where if we can even go into next season with a new owner, then I think we'd have done well uh, with the rate of, of which it's currently all moving. Um, but... You know, I think deep down there's always a small part of us that kind of thought this could be the way it panned out, the way it had panned out, panned out when he's been in this situation with the other two. We'd hoped, obviously, with us being a bigger club and, and sort of being an English football, that it wouldn't be allowed to get to this stage. Um, but it seems like it's sort of still remaining on that path. Um, you know, and it's just sad for obviously the supporters and, and the staff and the players who are you know, having to battle on in what is no doubt a toxic, horrible environment to have to go to work in um you know and that's the ones that have even got jobs after the last few weeks where people haven't got jobs anymore so um yeah horrible horrible situation um and you know the worst part is that there's nothing we can really do is just stop it
0: no no i i don't think there is to be honest I, i wish there was um i do think people should keep protesting because keeping awareness of the situation is vital uh you can't just stop doing stuff but you do wonder what's the point of it i mean you know, this is just me being honest here. I don't want to be negative and I don't want to like, you know, tell people not to do anything because clearly I think people should be doing something. But if the person you're actually trying to affect has absolutely no interest and actually just wants to asset strip you, I don't know what you do. I, I, honestly, I'm struggling to think of a, an angle to go at Die Young now. Uh, it's not because I don't care because obviously both of us care, but – and lots of everyone listening to this probably cares a lot, but what do we do? We're mm. lost. We're in this kind of no man's land now, aren't we? Of kind of with most clubs, if you make a protest to an owner, after a period of time, it starts having an impact and stuff happens and the club gets sold. It might not be to some, you know, ideal person, but for us it's just getting worse. And we can see what's coming, unfortunately. That's the problem.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, we've been at it for five months now and we haven't had a budget, have we? Um, so, you know, we've had millions of people watching on ITV. Everybody and their dog knows about the situation at Reading. It's probably the most publicity the club have had in years, and they've been in the Premier League three, um, you know, for three seasons. But as you say, you know, the man doesn't, doesn't care. And ultimately, to a multi-billionaire, however many times over, what difference is it going to make that Reading goes under? Um, it was always, you know, the, the back of your mind, the fear with... Um, someone who's done it twice before and you always presumed that it wouldn't be the same with Reading um, and you know there's still time it might not be the same at Reading you know obviously that's what we want but with the news you know with with the information and the evidence we've got laid out in front of us then you know the the truth is quite stark um, and <clears throat> there looks to be you know one major outcome um, which is the one that we've all been trying to avoid but you know we've all got to stick together I think that's the main thing the community Uh, the fans, everyone connected with the club, the staff, the players. um, And we've got to do what we can do. And then, you know, whatever happens, happens. But you can can look at yourself in the mirror in five, six years' time and say, well, we did all we could do. And I'm afraid that's probably about as much as we can do.
0: Yeah, that is basically it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you just look at the other things that are in the statement about the removal of Category 1 and have no academy. I'll be frank, if it means that we have no academy, but we have a club... I know what I'm taking you know uh, it mm. sounds really sad though and I know lots of people won't like that but you've got to make the choice haven't you and you know if players do leave if key players are going to leave because obviously no one's going to want the shit players that we've got if <laughs> players like Smith and Wing leave it's going to be lead two isn't it you know I I, I want to be optimistic but You know, there's a reason why we've improved since Smith and Wing have really come back and been fit. It's because they are absolutely vital. And if either of them go, I think we're done for the season. And we will be in lead two. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. This is a very depressing start to the podcast. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But it's reality, unfortunately, with Reading at the moment. It's, uh, it's It's just endless. It really is. But I, I take quite... I
1: take League Two. League League Two over oh. Ismian League Two is, is an improvement. Ultimately the Academy is an added bonus and it, it's a nice thing to do and it's obviously been such a big part of our history. But if it's a choice between an academy and no football club, then what's the point of having an academy if you've got no football club? You look at teams like Huddersfield and Brentford, they don't have academies. They have, you know whether well, they they have B teams, but for a long time before that they had nothing. You know, so there is life without an academy. Obviously we don't want that, and that's obviously a, a worst case scenario and there's been nothing you know official or confirmed or anything to suggest that that's on the cards but um you know we've got to face the facts that this is good if you know to recover this is going to be a long 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 time coming I, I don't you know we're going to be a lower league team for quite a while now but you know having a lower league team to support is better than having no team to support at all so i guess people have just got to get their expectations in check and um stick to reality but um yeah it's very hard to focus on the games now to be honest no matter who we're playing on saturday or tuesday because there's more important things at, at hand and um I, I was asked to to write some bits for for the opposition for Port Vale and to sum up the season and i basically just said it you know it doesn't really matter you know this season's been a write-off basically from day one as long as you know we win the fight off the field and um you know get someone who actually wants to run the football club in charge then the rest of it's all quite trivial really because win lose or draw the fate isn't really in our hands or the player's hands
0: yeah nailed it James yeah definitely it is basically that is the case isn't it if you offered us all of us a league two club or no club which you're going to go for it's obvious isn't it so yeah let's briefly move on to the game which ultimately is going to become it's in the shadows now isn't it (laughs) game on Saturday Against Port Vale, give us your prediction, James. Because I think there is going to be a lot of goals. I think there is going to be a lot of protest You don't have to be a genius to work that one out, do you? So I am going to go three-two to Reading because that is is the kind of weird shit that we do. It really is.
1: And <laughs> go one-nil defeat. I just think with all the doom oh. and gloom and everything, I think it'll just pile on. But you know, some people, you know, some some anarchists who uh, would quite like to see some uh, action. Uh, you know, nothing would would stir up more fan action than a last minute one defeat to away would it? So, um, you know, some people would actually probably take that result uh, and see what follows. But no, obviously we weren't ready to win. Um, you know, they are no mugs, they're comfortably sat in the table. Um, but, you know, I think tomorrow is going to be a real big test just to see how sort of how easy or how hard the players have found it to keep their minds on, on the game, which, you know, you couldn't blame them if they didn't, if they let their minds wander. We're good enough to win the game tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we could win Saturday. We probably should win Saturday, but um, see how it goes. But yeah, I'm going to go one 0 defeat just 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 to balance your positivity with my negativity.
0: Oh dear, 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 yes, <laughs> just what I needed. There. So <laughs> hopefully, we've got Smith, Nibs, and Yidam all back for that game. But who knows what state they'll be in? I don't know. Um, I, I'm at the point where I just don't know what's going to happen. This they might end up actually. You know, all these years I've said I don't care if Kingsley actually scores a winning goal. He might actually get on the pitch. (laughs) Who knows? They might just register him. So thanks a lot for listening to this part. It has not been upbeat, but sorry, that's just the way it is right now. Next up is Matt talking to the Portville podcast. Thanks a lot.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast, of course, brought to you by Phantom Brew Co., It's now time to flip onto the view from the opposition. Um, We're going to be having a look at Port Vale ahead of the clash this weekend. And to do so, we are welcoming back Johnny from the Ale and Vale podcast. How are you doing, Johnny?
3: Yeah, good. Thank you, Matt. How are you you doing?
2: Good, good. Yes, not too bad. Good Christmas period and everything. So um, looking forward to hopefully a more prosperous 2024. But that's hope and Reading is a very bad combination, seemingly. (laughs) so, So, yeah, we'll... Jump back anyway to the start of the season. Obviously, we played you second game of the season. It was right after a seven nil kind of tonking at Barnsley. It was probably it well, it was harsh on um, on Port Vale that that seven 0 front from Barnsley. But we faced you back in August twelfth of August, and I think a lot of Reading fans were. Just well, mm-hmm. it, it was a dreadful loss for Reading. It was dreadful performance by the team, by Andy Carroll, um, and it pre- it was probably a performance that ended Andy Carroll's Reading career. Ironically, by um, a certain Nathan Smith um, at centre back. Um, but what what do you what do you remember of that game? Because that that must have been a fun game to have been a been a Port Vale supporter.
3: Yeah, it was it, it was an interesting one because obviously we we didn't really have we didn't really know what you were going to be like just coming down, having the financial troubles and everything, but also going and spending quite a bit of money on players as well at the same point. So it was quite strange. You'd you'd hired a manager that had obviously managed in the Premier League the season before. And so it was like, we thought you were going to have a, have a big go at it. And then we spoke obviously about Andy Carroll and what he kind of brings to the table sort of thing. And, I thought he was going to be a real big player for you, but he got sucked right into Nathan's spell. Um,
2: as warned, <laughs> yeah, as
3: warned. As warned, that's that's Nate's wheelhouse. As as I said previously, he, if if you're going to come up and and want a little scrap with him, he's going to love that every day of the week. He'll pinch you, he'll pull you, he'll be horrible, as you saw. And then they they both got into a bit of a scrap and. Carol was probably lucky not to get sent off in the end. Um, I think the manager did the right thing by, by hauling him off um, because it was it was very close to being a red card in the second half. Um, and I think that's why that's why he was dragged off pretty much straight after. Um, because I think we, we we just had a quick chat beforehand, but Carol kept going back for it, and Smith Smith's this weird character that will get slapped will get slapped, elbowed, and pulled and, and pushed at all day long and not never react. So um yeah that that was that was interesting. And I think the game itself was quite an even game. Mm-hmm. Um our stall mm-hmm. at that point was let's go and pinch something because we were just too too in and then we beat Fleetwood in the cup and that was three two and that was a bit chaotic as well. So I think we wanted just calm it all down but we had quite a lot of shots but not much of the ball that day.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that win, you obviously went on to win win 1-0, um, it was about 77th minute or so winner, I think, for you guys. That really kicked off, actually, quite a fantastic start to the season for you guys. Um, you went on a run, um, I think it was six unbeaten um, after that game, five wins, one draw. You got to Northampton um, away uh, at home, sorry, on the 16th of September, and you sat second in the table um, at that point behind as well. Probably surprised table toppers at that point as well in Exeter. Um, how how did that start the season kind of come about for you guys? Because it it, it was probably a surprise to quite a few in League One. Um, obviously, seeing Exeter and you guys up there, but you know, the the wins you had, win away at Oxford was probably the the highlight of that run. Um, I mean, tell us a bit about it and kind of how how it went.
3: Yeah, it it basically that that's the 7 0, everyone was talking about it, so everyone, every opposition fan that you're covering up every opposition papers was talking, oh, the team that lost seven 0 first game of the season, blah, blah, blah. So I think it just gave us a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a kick. There was a lot of a lot a lot of managers. Um remember Charlton, we, we went Charlton beat them three two and their manager turned around and said, Oh, we should be beating teams like Port Hale. So it kind of galvanised everyone that these established League One teams were talking teams like Port Vale as if they had a God-given right to come and roll, up, roll over or we should be tuning up at their place and going, there go, there's three points.
2: There's nothing so, worse than the teams-like kind of phrase. No matter what league you're in or kind of where you are, it's, yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure Stephen, he's probably thought the same thing about teams like Maidstone at the weekend sort of thing. And it, it's football's funny in that, that 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 so yeah we we kind of galvanized on that run and then the international break hit um and we kind of capitulated a bit after the international break mm-hmm. um we seemed to lose all momentum um and things then just started going wrong and we we went on a horrendous run then um i don't think we won a league game in about 14 mm-hmm. um at that point um we conceded a couple of late late equalisers. We seemed to be a cup team. We we beat Sutton, um, Mansfield, and Burton in the cup in that run, but couldn't win in the league for Toffee. Um, ended up then, luckily beating Exeter away to stop that rot, and that was what December, I think. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, December, and that was an horrible game. That was that was two teams that didn't want to win the game because they didn't know how to. Um, and yeah, then that kind of picked us up, and then we've just been very, very up and down since. We either play well and lose, or don't play very well and, and win games. Um, so yeah, it's it's been interesting to say the least.
2: Well, probably one one thing that's been good, obviously, for well. Um, it, that's picked Port Vale up, I guess a bit is the Christmas period because it, in I guess true fail fashion, like you say of late, it's been very up and down. You had a last minute equalizer at Wickham away, then you probably never want to play Barnsley away with how the how the first 60 minutes of that game went, going 3-0 down, but you know, coming back to 3-2, that was all right. Highlight the 3-0 against Blackpool against a team that's flying. But then you have Carlisle, the where you're winning until 80 minutes and then you lose it in, you know, the 93rd plus, but then you have Charlton where you then win it? Uh, Equalise, sorry, in the ninetieth minute. It's just been so up and down. Has there been any injuries or kind of tactics that's led to such an inconsistent run? I guess you'd say.
3: How how long do we have? Because if you're asking <laughs> injuries, we've got we've we've got eleven players out injured,
1: hmm.
3: in some form or another. So yeah, um, the the big thing with Christmas is James Wilson's back fit. <laughs> um, Willow comes on at Wickham. The first thing he does is have a shot and I don't think we'd had a shot all game at that point. And then he goes and scores. Ben Garrity will argue that point because I'm pretty certain his header was over the line, but no one was flagging, so Willow tapped it in. Um, But yeah, Willow comes back and we look a different team. You'll notice against Barnsley, half-time sub, James Wilson comes on, we score two goals. Um, I think since Wilson's been back fit, we've scored eight goals with him on the pitch. Um, conceded conceded two or three now um and when he's been off the pitch we've conceded eight so um it's he's, he's not he's not a big man he's not someone that's going to occupy but he's got that premier League first touch that if, if it wasn't for injuries he'd definitely be playing in the championship i don't think he's a premier league player but he'd definitely be playing higher up because he's got such a good a good touch um It's just unfortunate there is his injuries. Um, But yeah, then the rest of the squad, we've had a wing-back broke his his leg early doors. So he's been out quite a while in Mitch Clark. um, His replacement dislocated his shoulder twice in six months. So he's just had surgery. His replacement then has had an Achilles injury, um, which has led to us playing four different right wing-backs this season. Um, on the left-hand side, Conor Grant's just getting back into fitness. Our centre halves have all had an injury at some point or another, or a massive drop in form. Um, Funzo Ojo's out injured. Ben Garrity's out injured in centre mid. Our blaster then got recalled. Um, so yeah, we've 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 had lots and lots of good luck in the injury front, um, as you can tell. So yeah, we've got we, we've got quite a few injuries, and mm. look... This—it's not an excuse. It's the professional football club. They—they they should be able to deal with that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's—it's it's difficult at the minute, and we're probably lucky that transfer windows open because we do—we do need some bodies in and quickly.
2: With with the kind of drop off since the start of the season, then, and I think it's only two wins. Uh, actually, it could be three wins. Sorry, um, since since the game against Northampton. Andrew, Andrew, or Andy Crosby, manager, do you think there's pressure on him? Naturally, I guess that comes when teams aren't winning games. But Port Vale's still, I think, 14th in the table as we stand. It's not been a bad season, really, for for Vale.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's a real difficult one because we, we, we spoke on a podcast um, a couple of games ago. If you would have said Christmas Day, we're 14th in the league, nine points off relegation, and just been been in a quarterfinal of the League Cup, you're going to say that's a good six months. Now, looking looking at what's happened, the problem is we've become similar to what Shrewsbury did last season. They were a team where they'd go and win six on the bounce and then lose six on the bounce and look like a team that had never played together. And we've become that sort of team. So, whilst you're in that positive run, it's all well and good. But since, since the sort of turn at Exeter, we haven't been able to put a run together. We haven't. We, we we've looked a bit shaky, we've looked a bit a bit confused about things and then we've done certain things that we wouldn't have done earlier in the season. So it's it's all at the moment it's all a bit feels like a man under pressure, but league position, like you say, probably doesn't deserve it. Um but when you watch when you watch it yourself, you you know what football's like. Just because you're getting results doesn't mean fans are always always that, that happy. And we we need to put a run where we don't lose in the next six sort of thing for take that pressure away from him, in my opinion. But who knows?
2: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Well, I guess looking at players from from Vale this season, I guess one one standout obviously you said obviously about Arblaster who obviously has, has, has returned to his pa- parent club but one player that's really kind of stepped up this year for you, go- you guys is Ethan Chislett um I think second top scorer for you guys this season six goals seven assists most big chances created for, for Vale he's really I guess thrived this year for, for you guys
3: yeah um Chis- Chislett's gone really under the radar because Arblaster came in as an 18 year old unknown and then just burst onto the scene and everyone was like wow Ben Garrity's scored I think Ben garrity has got 10 goals this season and unfortunately he's injured Uh but yeah Ben's got 10 goals so Chizzy's just gone about his business and um, just got involved he he's a quality player but he's the sort of player that will go missing for 20 minutes during the game and you'll forget he's on the pitch and then he'll pop up and do something but the one thing you can say is he's, he's a real hard worker. So you get that sort of you get both sides from Chislet. You, you get the pretty football, but he will put a shift in for the team. So yeah, he's he's a he's a very good player, and he's made the step up from League Two quite easy.
2: Would there be any any other players you'd probably look look to flag? Like say, I guess, Um did you say Gerrity is injured for this weekend? Yeah, is Ger-
3: injured. Yeah, yeah
2: Three months, I, guess. I think. Three months. Oh, bloody! Yeah, Not good. I'm guessing yeah. that means that Wilson probably slips in from the start up front.
3: Yeah, well, we've been playing well. We've been with with our blaster going back, and Ojo being injured. Garrity and divine have been playing deeper in centre mid, um mm-hmm. with Wilson and Nick up front and Chislett in the hole. Mm-hmm. So I'd expect a similar sort of thing. Will Owen, Ouch, being up front. Um, if you're asking for a player to watch, Uch is probably the best one for you guys to watch because he's unpredictable. He's six foot four and eighteen stone, and he'll either run with a defender on his back or he'll fall over because the wind's taking him the wrong way. So he's very unpredictable. Um, opposition fans seem to really like him because mm. he's a big focal point. He's a he's a bit of a brute and he's a bit of a old-fashioned. Like throwback but he don't win many headers he just he's just powerful so yeah that'll be an interesting one but other than that it's it's really difficult to know what team will turn up due to the injury side and who makes it who makes it back to fitness and and such like in the
2: next couple of couple of days Big Piezo, did he used to play for wickham he did, yeah. He did. I thought he did. I recognised the name from somewhere, and yes, yeah, I do. I do remember him now. He was at Middlesbrough
3: um, as well in the Championship. I think they paid a million pound for him at one stage, and I, don't, I yeah. really don't know how. But
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, he, uh, is he with you guys permanently? I'm guessing. Yeah, the... yeah,
3: yeah. We signed him late on this season, so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's technically should be match fit now but yeah that's 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 another story (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) well we've dived into the injury crisis at vale i think enough now we don't want to we don't want to add to that i don't think um looking looking ahead to the weekend then um predictions do you think Vale can 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 sneak a win what are you going to the sel hoping for
3: So, with, as with any game, a point on the road's a good point, isn't it? So, yeah. you guys have picked up quite quite well recently. Um, so, yeah, a point to be a good point. We'd we take that. We're at the stage now where we where we need to we need to build. We need to continue the performance that that, that we took against Charlton. Um, so, yeah, we we just need to carry on that trajectory, or else. Pressure on Crosby is just gonna keep mounting and mounting. So yeah, I take a point now, but I'm always a bit pessimistic with Vale at the moment because, again, don't they, they want to harp on, but the injury crisis, pulling out best players and stuff like that, it's just it's just difficult to see what's
2: what's actually gonna happen. Yeah, no, that's understandable. One thing one thing's for sure, as we've kind of said, you don't want to be leaving this game early because Vale games have a lot of late excitement in, whether it's for Vale or kind of against for Reading or against in this in this uh this instance, you don't want to be leaving early. Um, So hopefully, hopefully it's a good game. Um, Johnny, thank you so much, obviously, for joining us again. Um, Best of luck, obviously, for the rest of the season. Hopefully we see you in um, League One next year if we're still in League One, obviously. Um, And uh, yeah, we can have a nice, nice catch up then. But thank you for joining us again um, this time.
3: Sounds good, Matt. Thank you very much.
2: And thank you everyone for listening as usual um remember to give us a five star rating on your podcast podcast of choice if you have enjoyed this episode obviously helps us massively with new listeners finding us and podcast rankings etc and all that jazz it really doesn't go unnoticed remember to like follow all of our socials as well to keep up to date with the latest Sound Park roles and Reading FC gossip um, and we will be back reviewing the Port Vale game on Sunday so until then I've been Matt Lansley. This has been the Elm Park Rules Preview Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.